Okay, Shalom Aleichem, a good afternoon here from Yerushalayim, Yerakaydash, Sheikainen, Yivane, and um, this recording, I, I think the title of this recording is a special, special, uh, we'll call it a news event, and um, everyone is aware of the events that have been taking place here in Israel, in Eretz Yisrael, Artsena Akadosha, the demonstrations, the some of them demonstrations, some of them riots, and it's engulfed the entire country. And the um, I'm sure that for many of you living in the states, you don't necessarily know all of the ins and outs. It's not easy really to to understand completely what's going on. And I think it's important that I address some of the issues. And also, as most importantly, to try to give the Hashkafas HaTorah the way I see it, based upon the Messiahs that I was taught by my Rebbeim. So first, I'd just like to start off by saying that um, you know, today is a very, very peaceful, a more peaceful day than it's been in the last months, and specifically in the last week or so. Um, so we're kind of um, we're, we're trying to get into the mode of Erev Pesach cleaning, and uh, preparing ourselves for the Yantif of Pesach. We say preparing ourselves for the Yantif of Pesach. So normally we say, okay, we clean up, you know, make a bedikah, everyone, the, the wives are cleaning the house. Happens to be my wife right now is already starting to cook a little bit for Pesach. We're a little bit ahead of the game, Baruch Hashem. And, um, and we're trying to learn the Haggadah. And we're trying to bring into our lives the fact that Klal Yisrael was nigal, in Mitzrayim 3,000 years ago, and every single year we celebrate, we remember, and we relive that Geula, which took place in Mitzrayim. And I think in the midst of everything, we have to keep that in the forefront. In the midst of everything that's going on, to remember that this is the time of Geula, this is the time of redemption, and just like HaKadosh Baruch took us out of Mitzrayim, we daven, we hope, and we pray that Kodesh Baruch Hu is going to bring the Gula Shleim of Meherav Yameinu Amen. That's title number one. Now we want to get into some of the, the news that's been happening over here in Israel. Since the new government came into force, uh, not sure exactly if it's three to four months ago, and Bibi Netanyahu was able to win the election and put together a coalition with the right-wing parties and with the religious parties. And um, it was a, a big victory. Everyone thought, wow, you know, we, 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 we righten the ship. You know, there was like four or five elections and there was no, uh, there was no final uh, majority and they just kept on going back and forth and there was a lot of divisiveness. And at a certain point, the left or the left center uh, put together a, uh, the only way I'll, to say, it, I'll say it is, is that a very, very anti-religious, a very anti-right-wing uh, coalition, which lasted for close to a year, and it was supported by Arab parties for the first time in the history of the State of Israel. And now that Bibi came in, so the ship got righted, so to speak. And one of the things that uh, the new government wanted to ensure was is to create what's called the judicial reform. Now, judicial reform sounds like a very, very, you know, uh, simple, simple words, you know, judicial reform. 
But really what, what it was all about is, is that the real power in the country is not necessarily the government. It's the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court justices for the last close to 30 years, the way it was set up, were justices that were chosen by the elite of the judicial system. And many of them came with, you know, they're very bright people, not taking away from their brightness, but they came from a very, very liberal, very, very um, lacking in regard for, for Yiddishkeit, for religion. And as far as the right were concerned, you know, into the rights of the individuals to such a degree that even if there would be Arab terrorist attacks and um, the government would make a decision that they wanted to destroy the houses of the Mechablim, so you had to go to the Bagats, and the Bagats had to make a decision, you know, if we're going to allow it, and they would look into all the nitty-gritty things because, you know, personal rights are such an important thing. And it became absurd, you know what I mean? You'd have, you know, Ratzchim that were killing people, and, um, and the government had no force. That's just one area. Other areas, which I think it's important to put out, has to do with who is a Jew, who's not a Jew. You know, let's say a person was uh, converted by um, conservative or reform, or there was one parent, you know, that was uh, Jewish, not necessarily a mother, could be a father. So there was a law of return, and you're allowed to come back, and you're allowed to get rights as being members of the Jewish state. And this has been a debate that's been going on for years and years. And then there was the, the latest things are, the, you know, the liberal, the liberal vantage point, which is that um, you can have same-sex marriages and they should have full rights, which is something which in democratic societies, liberal societies in America and in other governments, that they allow such things. And over here, we know that this is supposed to be a Jewish state. It's supposed to be run by, for Yidden, by Yidden. But it's not a Jewish state. It's a state for Jews at best. And uh, it's not necessarily with the Jewish values. So these are all issues that have been um, simmering for many, many years throughout the system. And when Bibi came in this time, together with the right wing, they felt very, very much they want to make a change. So what are the changes? I'm just giving you a superficial uh, outline, but I think it's important to get that superficial outline because uh, that will help to at least give some sort of format to why we have gotten to where we've gotten, why the demonstrations became so violent over the last months and especially over the last week or so. So the, you know, the government decided that why should it be that the people that choose the justices for the Supreme Court are the justices themselves of the Supreme Court? The Supreme Court justice system was set up by Supreme Court justices, and they decided who's going to be the next ones that are going to take over. So they felt very, very much that this is disadvantage to the rulership of the government. The government doesn't really have a, have a say in who's going to be a judge. Now, the United States of America, if I'm not mistaken, it's a political appointee. Not only when Donald Trump was the president, but for all presidents throughout the history, it's, it, it's, it's done with the president. The president has the right to, to and then it has to, be, has to be answered by, I think, Congress and everything else. I'm not sure exactly what all the rules and regulations are in the United States. But the appointee system is started by the, um, by the president of the United States. So here they wanted to make that the Knesset has the right 
number one, to appoint the, 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 the Supreme Court justices. And therefore, there could be Supreme Court justices who are religious, Supreme Court justices who are not necessarily to the left, but they're to the right, or they're more what's called more conservative. The United States conservative justice is considered an acceptable candidate. And uh, that was one thing. And the other thing is, is that the Knesset, if they pass a law with the majority, this was another area which came into, into friction with the, with the Supreme Court, was that if a Knesset passes a law, if there's a majority that passes the law, then it has a right to stand, even if the Supreme Court will come along and say that it doesn't agree with it. And this became a red flag for the liberals and for the people in the country who want to have a liberal democratic society the way they see fit. So when Bibi, who himself is also was indicted and he hasn't been convicted, so they have a lot of animosity towards the president, towards the prime minister, and they look at it as this being a taking over of their democratic values. So they started to demonstrate in the streets over the last few months, and they were demonstrating against the government, they were demonstrating against these new rules that were being put into play, and the Knesset has the right to be able to make the laws in the country. So the, the right wing and the, the Haredim, who were very, very much behind it, not necessarily because it was just a Haredi system, but for instance, laws of Shabbos and Kashrus, you know, the previous government, they wanted to change the laws. That what do you have to have that uh, the Rabbanut should be in charge of the Kashrus laws? We'll make our own uh, weaker type of Kashrus. And this became a very, very big issue in the previous government. And now the new government came and said, no, we're going to reinstate that the Rabbanut, the Rashid, is the one that's in charge of the Kashrus laws. So these are rules and regulations that... Um, came into an, a tremendous argument. What happened recently was, is that there were literally thousands and thousands of people that came out, especially the ones that live in Tel Aviv, that they started demonstrating and they started really being provocative about it. And then what they did was they pulled out a new card. The new card is, is that if we don't get our way, then we are not going to serve in the army. Okay, it's called Sarbanut. And they had, you know, big uh, generals, everything else. No, because what Bibi is trying to do is trying to create a dictatorship. He wants to rule the country. He's going to take it over by himself. And the truth is, that's a big falsehood, as far as from my perspective. But this was the myth. The myth was is that Bibi is the Satan. Bibi is the dictator. And we're not going to follow this. We're not going to follow the system. And they said, we're not going to go to the army. This is the first time in the history of the state of Israel that people demonstrated and they started saying, we're not going to fight in the army. And Milwimnikers and some pilots said, we're not going to fly. We're not going to fight. Now, the truth is, on the other side, there were people who said, it's the first time in history this ever happened. How do you go and be, you know, because, you know, there's, there's a democracy. There was an election. You lost. And now you're going to decide you're not going to fight in the army. What happened uh, 30 years ago when they took the people out of the, the Gaza Strip and they tore them out of their houses 
because there was a government, a legal government that made a decision that we're going to make a one-sided peace agreement with the, with the Palestinians, which was unheard of. And they ripped people out of their homes. And till today, some of those people, many of those people live in traumatic experiences because they have not received houses and their children were ripped apart and shuls were destroyed and, and yeshivas were destroyed and whole Jewish lives were destroyed. But no one ever said from the right, from the people that went to the army, that we're not going to fight in the army because of this. It was painful. It hurt. But this was a new thing. And the next thing was they used the, old, the oldest trick in the book, the pocketbook. Okay? High-tech people. We're going to pull out, pull out all, all, our, all our money from the country. So they used, they used uh, these types of methods. We're pulling out all, the country from the, from the, from all our money from the country. And we're going, to, um, we're going to go to the United States and we're going to plead our case in front of President Biden, in front of the Congress, to force Bibi and to force the country to stop these terrible anti-democratic rules. So this was the, 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 the beginning of the demonstrations. But what it reached its height was that the defense minister was a member of the Likud party who, who, who backed the, um, the government and he was part of the government. He started getting information that there's going to be literally like a coup. And when I say a coup, it wasn't necessarily going to make a coup. You're going to go along and you're going to arrest uh, you know the the government, but the coup will be is that people are not going to people are not going to complete their, their army duty, and that's going to create um, a strategic problem in the country. And the Arabs are now looking at it and now saying, "Oh, now's the time we can bomb Israel." And he publicly stated, "I feel that we should push off these new rules, and there should be a stop." which a lot of people are arguing that should be done. Now, the truth is, is that even Bibi said they didn't pass all the laws. They, they, kept, they moved towards the laws, but they didn't actually pass. And they kept on asking, let's sit down and let's have a discussion. But here it became a political ping pong. You know, Lapid and Benny Gans and others, and especially Lieberman, very anti the government. No, we're not going to have any talks until you stop all of the all of the decisions that are taking place in the Knesset towards these rules. And Bibi and the government said, no, why should we stop? We're ready to sit down. Come and sit down with us. And they said that certain things we're go- we are going to put on the pause. But uh, a few issues, like the issue I think as far as about appointing uh, judges, they felt that they're going to pass and that they did pass that rule. And there are many, many other issues, which again, in the purview of this particular special edition, we're not necessarily going to be able to go to everything. I'm just giving you a little bit of the flavor. But I think the more to give a little bit of flavor is to recognize that there was literally Andamalusa in the streets. It got to the point where the people in Tel Aviv, they started um, not only closing off major highways, not only demonstrating, which is a right. A democratic society have a right to, to, to go and demonstrate. But they w- were going to people's, to the members of the Knesset's houses, Trying to get them to stop, to um, to be able to uh, get out, to get out of their houses. Uh, there was a famous story. I don't know if you saw that. That uh, Sarah Netanyahu went to her hairdresser in the middle of Tel Aviv, 
And they surrounded her with thousands and thousands of people. And then the, the Shabbat, the, the secret service had to come in to, you know, ex, extract her from that, from, from that uh, beauty salon. And the beauty salon owner says, that, listen, I'm not a member of this party and that party, but chutzpah nayur to come and to stop a lady from getting her hair done. You know what I mean? So, but what really happened was when they decided, when Bibi decided to fire the defense minister, then they literally went crazy and they started storming not only the streets and closing off the streets and making fires and going to the Knesset and trying to break into the Knesset. Eventually got to the point where the last straw was they pulled the last plug, which is they're going to make a, they got the Histadrut, which is the Israeli uh, social uh, movement for the workers, the worker, the worker uh, corps to make a, um, work stoppage. They closed down the flights to the country. Not many, many people were stuck in the airport. They couldn't get out. People, flights couldn't come in. All happening Arab Pesach. Ah, what a way to run a country. And at that point, Bibi had no choice, but he decided that he, for Achtus, at least to give it a chance, he's going to put everything on pause. And there was a call for peace. Uh, to have talks to discuss the judicial room. Yesterday, there was another group, is that it was thousands and thousands of people from the right also demonstrated for the judicial review. And for the first time, there was a voice that was heard in the streets that uh, from the right, and um, I can't say it was the same amount of people that were brought out by the Tel Aviv anti-judicial review people, but there were 15 to 20,000 people that went out into the streets next to the Supreme Court. And they said, we want the judicial review, and we don't want it to stop. I saw some videos of people, older people, and people with beards who they themselves fought in wars. And they said, this is something that we feel is important, and how are you stopping us? Everybody said, what is it? What we see is, is that there's a tremendous amount of friction between the citizens of the state of Israel. And we would like very, very much, we that live here, and everyone that looks at Israel as being the home for the Jewish nation, we want that there should be peace, and there should be brotherhood, and there should be achdus, and there should be shlemus. But we do recognize that's not the way it is. The reality is, is that this is really the very, very dark, dark point in the history of the state of Israel. Now, is this darker than many other times in the state of Israel? I have to be honest with you. There's been a lot of dark times in the state of Israel. I remember when Yitzhak Rabin was shot, Prime Minister of the State of Israel, then there was also a lot of name-calling and blaming and demonstrations. After the Yom Kippur War, there were people that were upset that people were not properly taken care of in the, in the, in the fighting in in the north, in Syria and Lebanon, how many thousands of people died and they were not properly prepared. And then the Lebanese war, Lebanon number one, Lebanon number two. So there's been a lot of deep, then there was the issue of, of, of the Gaza Strip. There's been a lot of deep, dark times. Is this the, deep, the darkest and deep time? I can't tell you. But there's no question that when there's not Shalom and there's not What's called Shalom Shalmachus. That's what the Mishnah says. Heaven mispalu b'shalom shalmachus. Yadavim for the Shalom Shalmachus. Il mole chayim ish blow. If it won't be for peace, then 
each person will run over each other. So now we have a pause. We have a pause. Will this pause really bring peace? No one knows. Because the uh, different sides, this one's saying, no, we're not really pausing. We're just waiting to see. If they're going to give it to our side, then we'll make a pause. Not going to give it to our side, we're going to go back to the same, same methods. So we see that the, the divisions are really, really big divisions. I mentioned in the letter which I sent out to Talmidim that to me, there's no question that this seems to give us what Chazal tell us. When we look for Chizim, we look for what the Torah says. And the famous Chazal and the Gemara at the end of Saita, which I mentioned, this is the Gemara which we're now starting up in the Dafa Yaimi. And the Gemara says over there, that be'ikvaseh the Mashiach, when it will come to times of the, the, the footsteps of Mashiach, chutzpah yaski. Oh, that, that, no question, Rabbi said, chutzpah yaski. There's going to be a lot of, the chutzpahs are going to take over. And I'm skipping, and I'm not saying all of the things, but it says, umalchus tehafuch laminus. The kingdom is going to turn to minus. Minus means apikursus. The, the, the government turns into an anti, anti-Yiddishkeit. Ein toichacha. There's no tochacha. There's no one that can really give musr. Base vad yil is nus. Base vad, usually, the way Rashi explains, base vad is the house of gathering of chachamim, and it will turn it into a house of znus. Unbelievable. Because people will not learn Torah, Rashi says, and will be destroyed. But I was thinking, Alpiderecha, the way I see it over here, the base vad is the Knesset, the, the, the gathering of the people. Yil is nus. That's nus. That's it. What, what does it teach us? What kind, what kind of lessons is it teaching us? Again, that's my point of view. And again, we're not mentioning everything. The main thing is Yire hachet yimasu. The fears of sin, they will be despised. Va'emes tehenederes. And truth, I translate it as lost, okay? But the truth is, I, uh, this, someone sent me a beautiful, beautiful little statement on my, my words, and he said, he translated as hidden. The truth will be hidden. The truth is that the, the real translation of Nadaris is that it'll be absent. It's absent. It's, it's like it's not here. What does that mean? That means there's no MS. You know, who's telling the right thing of here? Oh, this side telling the right thing? They say they're telling the right thing. The other side, no, you're not telling the right thing. The, the truth is hidden. But we know that the real emes is chaysam ha-shal kodesh the chaysam ha-kodesh That emes is always here. Questions, are we really seeing it? Are we, are we seeing the emes? And if you hear, when, when, what that means is when you have a world filled with sheker, a world which is filled with falsehood, with 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 the znus and minus and different cultural ideas, which might sound great if you're living in Spain and Germany and the United States of America. That's really the way you want the world to go. But when you're living in our you have to know what is the true emiss. What is the true emiss? The Torah. The only emiss is the emiss of the Torah. Now, can we create a government which is fully, fully in the Torah scheme? No. But can we try to keep? that the Torah should at least be the Shemira on this country, that we should be able to live here, that there should be Shabbos and there should be Kashras, and there should be laws which say that this is a Jewish country, and that the Yeshiva boy should be able to sit and learn. And at the same time, 
there should be a sheet of recognizing we need to be together. This whole country is not completely religious. And there's a big secular component of here. And we have to respect each other. But how do we respect each other? Who has the right of way, so to speak? Here's the famous story of Ben-Gurion. Ben-Gurion went to visit the Chazanish. And the question is in the formation of the State of Israel. And famous story that when the, when the Ben-Gurion came to the Chazanish, the Chazanish told him the Mosul, which you know, the Ben-Gurion said, listen, we're the new kid on the block. Okay, and we're, we're, we're out of the Gullahs. We're now building our own country. We're, we're going we're gonna to fight against the Arabs. We have our power now. We're not underneath the Russians and the Polish and the Turks and the, and the Spanish Inquisition. We can determine our own, our, our, our own state. And, and therefore, religion is not that important. And Chaznish told the famous Chazal, Chazal say when you have two wagons which are about to cross the bridge. One wagon is completely full with goods and one's empty. Who gets, to, who gets to pass first? The one that's full. The one that's full. The empty one, that doesn't get it. So the Chazani said, who's the one that's been carrying Klai Israel for the thousands of years to the exile? Who's the, the full wagon? The full wagon is the Yiddishkeit, is the Torah. That's been the Shmira for Klai Israel. You're the new kid on the block. The new kid on the block. You're an empty wagon. Who knows what's going to be? They say Ben Gurion was very upset when he heard, well, we're empty. What do you mean? We don't have anything. But he heard the muscle. At least he heard the muscle. And he made a decision that he's going to listen to Chazanish. And he said there's going to be an exemption for yeshiva students. He didn't think the yeshiva students would be that many. In those days, only 400, 500 students. But he said, no, we have to have, culturally, we have to allow them to have it. Today, Baruch Hashem, in the midst of everything, the Torah is flourishing in Eretz Yisrael. It's all because the Chazanish was the one that stood up for the Torah. That emiss of the Chazanish remained until today. And remains, and it will remain. And it will continue to remain. You know, I have a, a certain feeling about how I look at the country. I'm a citizen of the country. I pay my taxes. I, I respect and I honor the people that give their lives for the fact that we can stay here and we can live here. And we have Akar Satov to the army and everything else that and, and, and the people that gave their lives. And at the same time, we must recognize without the Karech of the Torah that we would not be able to be here. And we are together. It's Shimon and it's, it's Yusachar and Zvulun. We do it together. That's what we do. But we have to know that now we're at a time which is the ikvis of the Mashiach. The emes is nederis. And what does Chazal say? Our job is to turn towards our tried and proven methods, which is to turn to the Rabbi Nishmael. And the Gemara says, what should a person do when it comes to Chevle Mashiach? And this is all part of Chevle Mashiach, is Yasek B'Tayra U'B'Gmilas Chasadam. To be Isaac in Tayra and Gmilas Chasad. And I saw some amazing things. You'll take a look. There's some videos. They demonstrated. They went into Bnei Brak. They wanted to go to Bnei Brak because the people in Tel Aviv, they wanted to show, no, the, the Haredim, they're only in it for the money. And they're only here in order to, to take from us. They're not really part of us. And the, the city of Bnei Brak and all of the people of Bnei Brak, and Rav Gershon Edelstein said, we don't demonstrate. All we do, we just do Kiddush Hashem. That's, everyone should do Kiddush Hashem. So what they do when they came to Bnei Brak, they started serving chont. 
they had chon stands, you know, and which which demonstrator doesn't like chon? Everyone started coming around and asking for chon. I want to say you have a cute story about chon in a second. And they were giving out rogalach, and they, and they were giving out water. Demonstrators, and they just saw, they're not here to, to go against us. We're all one people. We're trying to be one, we're trying to be one people. And there's the famous video, which I hope we'll be able to put up of the demonstrator with the flag around him. And he starts crying because they were playing the music of his youth. And he heard Shalom Aleichem, Malachi Asharis, and Sim Shalom Tovah Racham. And he's crying tears that showed the pintle yid that's inside of him. Because the truth is, we're all, we're all together in deep down. But there's friction because, you know, the Golas really separates us. I saw Gavaldi Gavar, I want to go off on a tangent for a second, but the tangent, the Torah is always, in this week's parasha, the Torah is never a tangent. The Torah is really the Iker. Pasuk says, Eish tamid tukad ala mezbeach loisichba. The fire of the tamid should always remain. You have to have, the Eish has to stay on the mezbeach. And there's a Yushalmi, and Yushalmi says, you shouldn't put it out after Masos. When the, when the Mishka was going in the desert, you might have, okay, maybe turn down the fire then. You don't need the fire then when you're going on the Masos. No. Even when you're going on the Masos, yeah, the fire always was constantly burning. And there's a message that's brought down its form like this. And I want to take it in a little bit of a, I want to tweak it a little bit. It says like this, when you're in your home, there's a message for Yiddishkeit. When you're in your home and you're surrounded by your Svarim, and you're surrounded by your environment and you live in a religious neighborhood, hopefully the Sviva itself atmosphere itself is so wholesome and so delicious. Shabbos comes in, we have, we have, we have songs that come in and, and, and are played before Shabbos. But when a person has to go on the road and you have to be not necessarily in your own environment, when you're in a hostile environment, either when you're in a trip, a business trip, and you don't necessarily have your minyanim and you don't have your opportunity to learn. Today, everyone has everything. You got MDY, you got the dafayomi, you can do everything. But it used to be not like that. You had to travel, you're amongst the Goyim, or when you have to travel to places where you have to be in an environment which is not necessarily this wholesome environment. So first, that's the Always keep the, the Avas Hashem and the Yiras Hashem, keep it strong. A person that's haste, that's hot in his home, he's able to take it and he doesn't, cool, doesn't let it get cooled off, even the masos, even when he's traveling. And I think this is a message also for these times as we're, as we're in right now. Yeah, we know where it's, 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 no matter how difficult it looks like, keep the heiskite, keep the Yiddishkeit, keep the, the Torah, the Gebelis Chasadim, and the Kiddushem Shemayim, to be Mekadashem Shemayim. We have, this is an opportunity, opportunity for us to show our best face, because this will be the, 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 the warmth that will hopefully break through, through the hearts which have become hardened. And we get, people begin to realize we're all in this together. If we're going to be separate and we're not going to be Ba'achtus, then Chas Shalom, the Arabs can come and they can come against us. I saw that, I want to tell you this, this story, that uh, there was a, there was a, 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 a Chalm stories, I was just reading a few Chalm stories from the Yitzchak Zolbishtin Sefer, 
And he said that, you know, there was a woman that she made such a gavalik a chult for her family. Like it was mama's like a little, it was like the best chult in the world. So her kids, they just couldn't control themselves. It came Friday night, they had to go, you know, there's yeshiva guys, they gotta go and they steal the chult. But something it got to the point that the next morning there was no chult that's left over. So what did the mother do? The mother came up with a thing. Yeah. What she did was she lit two candles on top of the chomp top. And she long, long candles. And so when they came, they couldn't lift up the pot because the candles were on there. So it was the Shiloh of Muksa. Yeah. So she thought that the halach would be great. She said, you see, I made these long candles. Now you can't get into the zone. And by the morning, it's it. You guys will be sleeping. The candles will burn out. Then it won't be a problem. So one of her little kids said, but the halacha is is that if became muksa on the first second of, Yad, of, of Shabbos, it's muksa for the rest of the day. So Mela, you really can't eat the chont. So she defeated the whole purpose because you can't have the chont even in the daytime. So they went to ask a Shabbos from Abzilbashin, and Abzilbashin said, no, there's a way to have a heter that could be a kisui of a kadeira is not considered a chelik of kadeira, And if that went out, you'll have to get it, you know, and you'll have to do it. The chont should be so sweet. One other thing I want to mention. I saw the Rebchatzko Levenstein, the great mashkiach of the, of the Mir. He said that in Kelim, where he learned, they used to say, on a weekday, after Shema and the Birch Shema, you have the famous part before the Hakdama to um, Shema Nesri, Ezra Saviseinu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave help to Aviseinu, HaTohu Me'olam, we're familiar with these words. Yeah, what do we usually do? Let's be honest. Yeah, we're quick at the pace. We've got to get up to the finish. We're going to say, we do Shema Nasrei. In Kelim, they used to say this for 10 minutes. And Reb said it wasn't because they wanted to wait for the people, the boys that came late, and that they should be able to catch up. No, no one came late in Kelim. He says, everyone put in such kavanah into Ezra Sefizenu. And what do we speak about Ezra Sefizenu? Ashri Isha Yishmael Mitzvah Happy is the person that listens to his mitzvahs and he follows the Torah, puts it on his heart. Emes Atu Odin Lamechom. The truth is, you're the Odin to, 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 to our nation. You're the beginning, you're the end. Mi Mitzrayim Gyaltonu. Ah, speaking close to the Pesach, because Rokhi took us out of Mitzrayim. He saved us. This is what we give praises to HaKadosh Baruch We would really say this with a little bit more inflection, a little more kavanah, not necessarily 10 minutes like they did in Kelim, but spend a little bit of time and recognize, yes, it's the Zman of Gula. It's Ikvesit HaMashicha. Conflict in the country. And at the same time, maybe this is an opportunity for us to daven as best as we can. Kedosh Baruch should, the one that brings Shalom, Aysa Shalom, Ramavayasa Shalom Aleinu, we should cry a little bit of tears of joy that we are not despondent. We go in with the conviction that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that's with us at all times. And um, I'd like to give a bracha and I'd like to say not only a bracha to everyone that's listening to this, but for all of Klai Yisrael. We have no other place to go. This is our country. And it's not perfect. It has a lot of imperfections. But the Rabbani Shalom has given us a matana. Even the Briskarov said that there was a matana. It was a shmeichel from HaKadosh Baruch to get our own state after the Holocaust.
So we have to daven for the welfare of the citizens of the country. We have to daven that the Rabbanu Shem should put Seichel into the leaders, that they should be able to sit down and somehow we should be able to forge forward Mirz Hashem. We have Avtocha that HaKadosh Baruch is watching over us. Mirz Hashem will bring the Gula Shleim wishing everyone a great day. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.